If I can invite you to remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes from the third letter of John. From the elder, to my friend, dear friend Gaius, whom I truly love, dear friend, I'm praying that all is well with you and that you enjoy good health in the same way that you prosper spiritually. I was overjoyed when the brothers and sisters arrived and spoke highly of your faithfulness to the truth, shown by how you live according to the truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are living according to the truth. Dear friend, you act faithfully in whatever you do for our brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers. They spoke highly of your love in front of the church. You all would do well to provide for their journey in a way that honors God, because they left on their journey for the sake of Jesus Christ without accepting any support from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to help people like this so that we can be co-workers with the truth. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, doesn't welcome us. Because of this, if I come, I will bring up what he has done, making unjustified and wicked accusations against us. And as if that were not enough, he not only refuses to welcome the brothers and sisters, but stops those who want to do so and even throws them out of the church. Dear friend, don't imitate what is bad, but what is good. Whoever practices what is good belongs to God. Whoever practices what is bad has not seen God. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius, even the truth itself. We also speak highly of him, and you know that what we say is true. I have a lot to say to you, but I don't want to use pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will speak face to face. Peace be with you. Your friends here greet you. Greet our friends there by name. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. This morning, we're going to continue our look at some of the shortest books in the Bible from the New Testament. Last week, we took some time to look at second, or the second book of John. As we heard the warning from the elder about listening to those who were teaching a different understanding of the Christian faith and of who Jesus really was. And so last week, we were reminded that we are to evaluate the teachings and the things we hear, and to measure them against things like the Apostles' Creed and the other traditional and orthodox teachings when we hear them, so that we can remain true to the Christian faith and what it means to be a follower of God and what it means to be a Christian. And so this morning we're going to be looking at another letter that's written by, it is believed, the same author as Second John. This author is an unnamed individual, as we talked about last week. He refers to himself as the elder. And there's a fun fact about this book of the Bible, and that it is the shortest document in the Bible itself. It consists of 219 words. And so for a quick background on this book, and then also 1 John and 2 John, it's assumed that the same author wrote all three of these letters. And the author wrote all three of these letters from a, a city in Turkey, likely Ephesus, or in or around this city, as you can see on the map up here in the orange right there um, to the left. Ephesus in the biblical times was the center of where uh, the gospel or the church that had been organized by the apostle John was based. And so they call him the Johannine wing of the church. And as a comparison, if you look at a map and you think about uh, other churches, you can think of like the church in Galatia, which is a church that had a great influence by the Apostle Paul. And so the, the biblical scholars and people refer to those areas of the church as the Pauline churches 
because they came to, to know Jesus Christ and they were organized by the work of the Apostle Paul. And so as I was reading these letters, on, or a commentary on these letters, the, the biblical scholar N.T. Wright said this about the books of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. He essentially said, if you think of a large aerial photo over an area, my graphic's not that good, you can go to the next one, but the large visual photo, oh, so it zoomed out, you see a whole lot, right? You could see, you know, surrounding things. If we're taking an aerial of the church, we see the surrounding neighborhood, yucca, everything else. And so what he says is 1 John is written to this large, zoomed-out group of people. And then he says 2 John starts to focus in a little bit. And you, so you see that. And so 2 John is written to a more specific church, to a more specific situation. Where 1 John, any church that... that read that letter would be able to say, okay, this applies to us. That applies to our situation. That applies to, to what's going on in our life and in our community of faith as we know it. And so Second John zones in. And then Third John is even closer. It's an even tighter focus to where if we were looking at the church, we'd be able to, to count the air conditioners on the roof. And if someone was in the courtyard, maybe see them out there in the courtyard and stuff like that. And so Third John, as we've read it this morning, is the most specific letter because as we've seen, it's written to a specific individual and it's written for a specific reason and to deal with a certain thing. And so 3 John is written to a leader named Gaius in the church. And the reason it's written to a leader named Gaius, as we read in this letter, is that Gaius is recognized for his hospitality by the elder. And when I say hospitality, I mean that he is known for the way that he has shown hospitality to fellow Christians. This meant that Gaius likely would have opened his home to fellow Christians who were traveling through the area. In this instance, it was likely messengers who had been sent from the elder and wherever his church was to this church that Gaius was part of. And so often Christians in biblical times would open their homes to other Christians, whether they were on business or whether they were traveling through the community as missionaries. And so being hospitable meant this. It meant offering a meal, which most of us know as being hospitable, right? a place to sleep, breakfast, and then some food to send the people on their way. In biblical times, that was considered being hospitable, which I think really isn't very different from how we consider being hospitable. But if you look in the early church, hospitality was one of the things that set the early church apart from all of the other cultures, from all of the other religions, from all of the other things that, that the Christian church was emerging out of that made them unique and known. It was their hospitality. And so it was a focus of what it meant to be a follower of God and what it meant to be a, a, a person who proclaimed a faith in Jesus Christ. And see, because people are, are bound to, at times, take advantage of things, there was even instructions in, in this time in the early church of, of how early Christians were to be hospitable towards one another. And it even outlined how the Christian community was to act, including the guests. And so it was called the Didache, D-I-D-A-C-H-E. I'm going to be honest with you, we studied it in seminary, and I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to read this again. And then I came across it this last week, and I went, oh my gosh, it all comes together. But anyway, um, so in this writing, it was rules for how the early Christian church was supposed to get along. 
And so the basic rule of hospitality, one of them, because the, it knew that because the, the early church knew that, that sometimes there would be people who took advantage of the goodwill of other people. And so, for example, it said, a guest can stay two nights in someone's house, at most three. Why is that? That's to keep that, that hospitality from being abused, right? It outlined how people were to be or hospitable towards one another. And see, the, the writer of 3 John is basically lifting up Gaius and saying that your hospitality is the very sense of the love of God in action as he welcomed others. And so that meant he welcomed, fed, provided them a safe place to sleep, fed them and equipped them to go on their way. And see, friends, I think the first thing that we learned from this morning's letter that we're reading is that the model that we're seeing that the elder is lifting up, it's not this like head and hearth kind of faith thing, is it? Because when he's talking about love, and if we look and think about what we read last week in 2 John, and then it's, it's continued today, is that what he's showing is he's lifting up a model of what it means for someone to give and to have and to participate in love and action. And so it's not just this like compartmentalized feeling where it's something that we might feel for someone else. But what he's saying is that for love to be known, love has to be something that is, that is lived out and done. And so it was more than something that was just felt with, with this person's head and this heart. And as we read it this morning, this love was done by Gaius' hands and his feet, and in this specific case, through the hospitality that he's extended to those who are not part of his home and were not part of his immediate community of faith. And so he modeled love. He modeled love in a way that you and I can also model love and act in love when we offer hospitality and when we offer community to others. The second part of 3 John that we're going to look at also deals with hospitality, but in a different way. Because Gaius also receives instruction and warning about another leader in the church who is named Diotrephes. See, John doesn't tell us, unfortunately, uh, where both of these leaders live, what churches they are part of, or anything like that. So they could be two leaders in a church that are in the same church that, in a sense, are in competition, or they're both leading. It could be that they are each in separate churches, and so uh, what Gaius is being told by the elder is that, you know, while things in his church are going well, he needs to be aware of what's happening in a neighboring church. But what we can assume is that the representatives of the elder that had received hospitality in Gaius's home have gone to this other man's home and they've been rejected. Instead of finding hospitality, they were found uh, that the welcome mat, if you will, had been pulled in. And so this man was, was unwilling to welcome them. He was unwilling to allow them to come into his home or the church because the church in those times often met in people's homes. And to make matters worse, it said that he was going to throw out of the church others who welcomed them into their own home. All right, so here's where I appreciate what the elder writes in this letter. Because rather than talking about Diotrephes and what uh, he is known for, the elder shifts and he talks about what we are supposed to be known for as followers of Jesus Christ. Where he says, dear friend, don't imitate what is bad, but what is good. 
Whoever practices what is good belongs to God. Whoever practices what is bad has not seen God. That's kind of easy, isn't it? Where he's saying, don't imitate what's bad. Imitate what's good. And so when he's saying, and when we break that down of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what he is essentially saying, right, is to be a follower of Jesus, you have to imitate Jesus. And if you're going to follow Jesus, Jesus does not follow or offer us a model of what it means to be someone who lives in, in a bad way or in rejection to the grace of God or anything else. Jesus is the only one who can provide us an example that we can follow as we experience his grace and as we discover his truth. And so if you think about your own life, my guess is most of us can think of times in our lives where we've attempted to follow other people or things that take us not to a place that leads us closer to Christ, but they take us to a place that leads us farther from God, don't they? They take us from places that don't lead us to life, that pull us away from hope. And see, in essence, what that is, is when we put our trust in people and things that are not of God, then all you and I are left with is disappointment and separation from God himself. And that's why the writer says, don't imitate what is bad, but imitate what's good. And see, here's where I love reading the Gospels and, here, and the, the letters of the church because we can read these words from 3 John and we can see where John tells us to, to imitate what's good, don't follow what's bad, do the things that, that help you to grow in your faith. And, and Paul, when he writes to the Ephesian church, writes the same thing. His is a little longer and I'm going to read it in a minute. But in Ephesians 4 and 5, Paul writes that, that uh, the, the new life that we're going to get when we follow Jesus Christ and the things that we are to do in being imitators, essentially, if we're to use John's language, imitators of the good. And so Paul says, so I'm telling you this and I insist on it in the... Wait, I'm on the wrong verse, sorry. Oh, no, I'm not. Well, there we go. So I'm telling you this and insist on it in the Lord. You shouldn't live your life like the Gentiles anymore. They base their lives on pointless thinking, and they are in the dark in their reasoning. They are disconnected from God's life because of their ignorance and their closed hearts. They are people who lack all sense of right and wrong, and who have turned themselves over to doing whatever feels good and to practicing every sort of corruption and greed. But you didn't learn that sort of thing from Christ. So what's Paul saying? We're imitating Christ, right? Since you really listened to him and you were taught how the truth is in Jesus, change the former ways of life that were part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit and clothe yourself with the new person created according to God's image in justice and holiness. Therefore, after you have gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor because we are parts of each other in the same body. Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work using their hands and to do good so that they will have something to share with whoever is in need. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy 
You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, slander, along with every other evil. Be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other in the same way God forgave you in Christ. Therefore, imitate God like dearly loved children. Live your life with love, following the example of Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. So what Paul is saying, and what he did is give a list to what the author from 3 John is telling us to do. To be imitators of Christ. Meaning we have to find the areas in our lives where we have to put aside all bitterness, where we have to put aside our shortness of temper, our anger, our shouting, our slander, and then he just encapsulates it all by saying, along with every other evil. And then he says, to imitate Christ, we have to be kind. We have to be compassionate. And we have to forgive each other in the same way that God forgave us in Jesus Christ. Third John says, don't imitate what is bad, but imitate what is good. And Paul says, therefore, imitate God like dearly loved children. Live your life with love, following the example of Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us, so that we might live, so that we might love, and so that we might choose to follow Christ, not just in certain things, but in all things. Thanks be to God. Amen.